Welcome to episode number 36 of the Illini Basketball Podcast. As uh, I don't know why Zoom makes me record. It says cloud or computer. Like, what? what? I'm not going to record it to a cloud. What are they, stupid? Okay. Um, live episode number 36 as we review the Illini's loss to Baylor. We also will discuss the next game and some more news and what Underwood had to say after the game and then uh you know the beginning of the big 10 schedule has been uh more details on it what times what networks all that stuff uh, we'll talk about later but um let's start illinois actually you know what let's start with the news of the day real quick just because you know they were supposed to play university of tennessee martin tomorrow uh-huh. and that has been canceled after a positive test in their program the utm program um, but we will uh, talk about more of that later. Just wanted to put that out there to start. Let's start now with the game. Illinois loses 82-69 to to number two Baylor, and uh, they're now 3-1 and one in the season, and uh, their next game won't be until next Tuesday. So I would say this game was uh, a little closer than the final score. Yeah, it was close for a while, um, and then Baylor just kind of ran away with it. So I – I mean, Baylor's defense is pretty impressive, um, and Illinois didn't seem to have an answer for it. Uh, 82-69, like you said, um, we both didn't think Illinois was going to win this game, I mean, by our predictions at least. 83-76 was my guess. Um, yours was 78-71, so pretty close. Um, I think Vegas started at like two and a half and went all the way up to five um, at one point, so uh, – I mean, Baylor is definitely – you can tell they are a top-two team. Them and Gonzaga, uh, which they play on Saturday, I believe, um, is going to be a great game. Should be a great game. Two completely different styles, one defensive-minded and then one uh, offensive-minded. So, But into, the, into this game, um, my player of the game, uh, nice, to, nice to write this guy's name down. I mean, it's an Illinois loss, but uh, Georgie Bashanisvili coming off the bench uh, with Kofi in foul trouble. Uh, went 7 for 10 from the field for 15 points. He had 13 in the first half, only had two in the second half. Um, but it was the first time that Georgie had been in double figures since January 21st. I know that we haven't played a lot of games since then, but um, still nice to see him get going. Um, he made a wide open three, which, you know, you, you always get scared when Georgie shoots threes, but he made one, um, pulled down four rebounds, played 24 minutes, and uh, seemed to be the only guy in the first half that was actually getting any production against Baylor defense. Um, a lot had to do with maybe Curbelo uh, being able to get to the lane and dish off to him. Um, Georgie made some nice moves down low, uh, which, you know, you look at Kofi and he just doesn't have that ability that Georgie has around the hoop. So um, Underwood said of, of Georgie that he was outstanding and that's the old Georgie we all know and love, which is absolutely correct. So um, your player of the game. Yeah. Well, uh, I don't know how I can't go with someone other than Georgie, but I would give a right. shout out to Curbelo. Yeah. So, I mean, um, uh, yeah. Georgie, Curbelo had a heck of a game too. Georgie, uh, when he shot that three, I believe 
I was one to say, don't do that. And yep. it went in shockingly. Absolutely. But, uh, I think I yell that every time Georgie shoots. Yeah, I mean, this, um, the situation with uh, Kofi and Georgie is a tough one because uh, Georgie was way better in this game um, than Kofi and Kofi has looked bad most yeah. of the season and he hasn't yes. improved. He's gotten a little bit worse. It seems in the minutes that we've seen him foul trouble and stuff. Uh, I think the referees in this game, very inconsistent, very inconsistent. I think there's a lot of stuff they should have called that they didn't and uh Stuff yeah. they called that they shouldn't have. So yeah, and but I don't think it. I mean, it didn't affect the game that much. Um, Underwood, speaking of Curbelo, uh, Underwood said after the game that moving forward, forward, we'll continue to see. Got we'll continue to see people load up on IO, and he welcomes that challenge and what it will open up for Curbelo. Um, he also said of Curbelo, he's elite now. I'm just throwing that out there. He's really good. I'm so encouraged by that. We see it every day in practice when he's been healthy. He's just been scary. And Curbelo, I mean, people talked about, you know, his turnovers and stuff like that. He only had one turnover this game. So, and it was it was on the sideline. I don't know, he's done that a couple times, but it was just, a you know, he's on that sideline and he doesn't realize where he is or whatever. But, um, and, and I guess Curbelo had a concussion. And, of course, we saw the rolled ankle. So, he hadn't been practicing much up to this game either. So, um, Curbelo, I, I think is, is going to be real good. Um, a guy that, that we'll definitely be talking about a lot. Um, if, but if there was going to be a game where he's going to turn the ball over a lot, it would have been this one. And, uh, yeah. Frazier turned the ball over a lot in this Frazier. game. And, uh, you know, I think, uh, I don't, do we really want someone other than Curbelo to, run the point when he's on the floor? I mean, I feel I, like he should have the That's ball. the thing is is Io ha, I think Io's kind of went into running the point. I don't like it. And yeah, and, and I don't think that it's necessary with a guy like Curbelo. So, um and you know, you talk about Illinois' offense and and I mean, El, this game was just kind of ugly out the gate is, you know, back and forth both ways. Um but Illinois were they were running the weave against that the Baylor runs this kind of like slack off oh, defense boy. where they where they switch on everything so yeah. Illinois is running the weave outside and Baylor's guys just basically never moved I mean and if they did they were moving two three feet whatever um and and it just wasn't working and it it they never seemed to change that and the only change they made was kind of give Io the ball and see what he can do yeah the change they made was give Io the ball he'll stand there and dribble it until there's eight seconds in the shot yeah. clock and especially late get a runner and miss that, that was rough um yeah and then adam miller uh had a had a rough game um he was coming off big 10 uh co-freshman player of the week um and he started off uh like with a turnover early and he ended up going 0 for 6 from three which um, as a you know shooter and a guy and, and I love his confidence. I love that he's missing and he's still throwing them up um, because he he's a shooter and that's what shooters should do. Um, but Illinois went seven of eighteen from three and Miller was zero for six, so he missed a third of them. And you look at the other guys and I, not by name or anything, but one guy two of three, another two of four, one of two, one of one, one of one, and. Oh, do one. you do you know who all those are? 
Uh, I have a lot of them down later. Trent was two for four. Uh, DeMonte, I think, was one for two. Um, Io was two for three. Uh, Curbelo was one for one. Georgie. And Georgie was one for one. And then Hawkins had a really nice look at a three, and it was in and out and and came out. But uh, So, I, I think, honestly, I think Illinois didn't shoot enough threes this game. Um, you know, Miller shot six of them, but the other guys were shooting. I mean, Illinois shot 40% from the three, and one guy went 0 for six. So, um, I, I feel like they needed to probably shoot the ball more because when Io would go to the hoop, he'd have three guys collapse on him and, you know, he just couldn't, couldn't do anything. I mean, it, it was hard to do anything at all. Yeah. And I think he should be confident in trying to go down there and score. But at some point when you have no chance to even throw a shot up, uh, that's even close, Mm-hmm. several times at some yeah. point you got to kick the ball and those, what but those are, is yeah. they collapse in the lane and you're going to have perimeter shots where you can kick the ball out the yeah. fact that they made no offensive adjustments in this game other than to just give Io the ball and see what happens when you're down 10 and you're just standing there and there's no movement on offense there's no sense of urgency that mm-hmm. is the number one thing that i dislike about underwood's coaching for this yeah point. Yeah, and that's what, you know, we, we did it last year. You know, we questioned at halftime, you know, would he make any changes? And it doesn't seem like they are. But I, I don't know what you run against that kind of defense, honestly. Um, I You know, I text my text in the group of my buddies, and, you know, I'm like, it'd be nice to run a set offense. Well, he's like, what set offense do you run against that when they're switching on everything? And They were um, – also, Illinois was dribbling way too much. I mean – yeah. And they did, and that, and that, based on dribbling. yeah, and that I, Trent was one of those guys that that did that. Um, he did knock down a three early uh, in the. He was kind of in rhythm coming up the court and just kind of popped it up. He ended up banking another one in. I think he banked one in last time, um, but every time it seemed like he went inside the three point arc, that he coughed the ball up, um, and and he had a pretty big one towards the end of the half. Uh, where Illinois was up one and he kind of dribbled around for a while, went in, got triple teamed and, and gave the ball to Baylor, which ended up giving Baylor the lead going into half. And I think I had, he had five turnovers. I saw somewhere he had six, but um, that you just can't have that. Um, I mean, Trent, he's a shooter and I, and I want to see him shoot uh, in Curbelo, I think, you know, we've talked about, you know, he he's had a, he had a few turnovers the first few games, but against the best defense he's probably going to see all year, he only had one. So, um, I do you get to the point where where Curbelo's better in that position than Trent? And Cur- I talked about it last episode. Well, Does Curbelo end up playing more than Trent? Let's get this one. Would you be surprised with? I'll give you two options. Option A. Uh, Trent starts the next game against Duke, but Curbelo plays an even amount or more minutes, or Curbelo starts against Duke over Frazier. I don't see him starting over him. I see. I would him. like to send a me- if we're going to send a message, you send it in this game. Yeah, you have Curbelo out there, you get flying early, you get some buckets up, right? Create some offense with his playmaking, and obviously Duke. Yeah has good players. They're very talented, but they don't have the defense that Baylor does. Baylor has two all-American, basically, defensive players. I mean, if you look at all defensive teams in the country, Baylor has – every guard on Baylor can guard 
the ball and they're very mm-hmm. like Davion Mitchell is one of the best on ball guard defenders in the country. Yeah, until he gets vital until he gets touched in the face. face. And yeah, whatever. Falls down. That, uh, I know that you didn't like um but <laughs> I didn't like that at all. The second time I don't even think he got touched. And then but you know you look at their other no flop call anymore. You look I at guess. their other players and their starters. I mean Mark Vidal is basically a linebacker. He's, He's huge. huge. And yeah. uh, Jared Butler just made it look so easy. Defensively, he was really good. And every time he wanted to score, he basically could. Yeah. Um, it just seemed like Illinois was a little bit overwhelmed. And, you know, we talk about Kofi and, and Georgie playing at the same time. And then, you know, Georgie gets stuck on Butler out, out you know, beyond the I arc. And there was no chance. I mean, he had no chance. Um, I did think Kofi's D at the beginning of this game was – was a lot better than we saw the last few games. You could tell when Baylor got inside, he was altering shots. They were kind of worried about him. But then he goes and gets two fouls in the first nine minutes and doesn't play the whole, you know, first half. But on that note, Georgie comes in and scores 13 points and basically yeah. carries Illinois to, you know, down one and a half. So, um, and then, you know, Kofi gets his third foul a minute into the second half, and then he sits another you know, seven minutes. I, he only played 18 minutes this game, um, which is that good or bad? Because the way he's playing right now, he is, he, his hands are not good. He just does not look like he's improved. Um, I would have rather had him out there. Yeah. I I mean, defensively, I can see him out there and, and, and maybe running some you know better offense for him, um, you know, get him out there and setting screens more so he can roll the hoop. Um, if he had better hands, I would love to see him out. Whenever he's out there, I want Curbelo out there because Curbelo is the only one that will toss it up to him. throw it up. I love it. I love it. Yeah. And that's why, I mean, Curbelo did that this game and I, you know, I'm just sitting there like nobody else on Illinois can do that. Yeah. Cause I thought Curbelo was shooting a floater. And all of a sudden, here comes Kofi and slams it Yeah, down. here's another thing. I think Underwood's probably watching this right now, and I want to give him an idea. Start Curbelo Come on Tuesday. Come to the Tuesday. podcast, Underwood. Do that as well. Don't be scared. Start Curbelo on Tuesday and run the first play alley-oop to Kofi, get some energy going, because nobody's better, and this is a bad thing, nobody's better at letting games get away from him than Kofi. I mean, he starts out solid, and then fouls come in, and then he's starting to bobble the ball on rebounds, and then his yep. own teammates are fighting him for boards. Yeah, got to be better communication. You're in a you're in a virtually silent arena, and you're still having communication issues with rebounding. It's yeah. not good. Right, I I agree. Uh, the the box outs were terrible, but um, so first line, first guys in uh, off the bench. Uh, kind of this kind of seems to be the thing. Uh, he brings in uh, Curbelo, Hawkins, and Georgie for Miller, uh, Demonte, and Kofi. And, uh, you know, Curbelo played well. I thought Hawkins played well. Yeah, he did. Um, but he, he only blocked. played five minutes. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, he had a really nice block. He had a great look at three that, I mean, I don't know how it didn't go in. And he didn't seem to do anything wrong. So, I don't, I don't understand if, if – I'd rather see Hawkins and, and Kofi out there than Georgie and Kofi. Or even Hawkins and Georgie. But – Maybe Hawkins. I I didn't notice, but maybe he's a step slow on defense. But he can't be any slower than than Georgie. I mean, um, there were there were a lot of times Georgie just doesn't close out on shooters, or he, he has the wrong guy. Um, but uh, and then Hawkins Curbelo went down, got a breakaway layup, ended up 
uh, missing it. And then Hawkins came and tried to slam it down, got fouled, misses both his free throws. And free throws are just they, – oh, they, they've been rough this year. Illinois was uh, 10 of 16, and uh, Baylor was 15 of 24. So they both shot 62.5% from the free throw line. So Baylor had way more. Surprisingly, the numbers of this game were a lot closer than – you know, I kind of thought. Uh, well, the, did Baylor shoot better from the field than Illinois? Um, and the only reason, if they did, the only reason is that small stretch. Um, 54. Yeah, that's the wrong game. Illinois shot 41%, I think, right? Illinois shot 44%. And Baylor shot 45 yeah, I so. mean that that the only reason that, that happened is because Baylor started to hit some shots in that little five minute stretch and Davion yeah. Mitchell hit a bunch of threes. Hit a bunch. Yeah. And and Haw- Hawkins in his five minutes had three rebounds. So I mean he's it's not like he wasn't getting boards. Um and you know, we mentioned Curbelo, uh what he did. He only played sixteen minutes this game, which kind of surprising, but he had four fouls, so um he was three of six from the field, uh made all four of his free throws, had eleven points, four assists. Um, I mean, he, he seemed to be, like I said, the only guy that could get into the lane and, and he'd had a nice one to Kofi, had a nice pass off to Georgie, which Georgie almost chucked off the backboard, but you know, it went in. Um, but it's just, it's, it's what you, you know, you need to decide how you're going to attack these defenses or a defense like Baylor. And it seemed like Curbella was one of the answers to that and didn't really get to show it off as much as maybe he should have. Um, but uh, so IO uh, not, not the greatest game from IO. Um, you know, I looked at the stats afterwards and uh, was shocked to see that he scored 18 points in this game. Yeah. Um, he played 38 minutes. So he, I think he was on the bench, not, you know, he was only on the bench for two minutes, but he was six of 18. Um, and he just kind of fell off uh, when he had threes. He, I mean, his shot looks really good. Um, you text me about that. Um, he, he looks really good from behind the arc. Um, it's just that it's that, it's that patented IO go to the right of the hoop and throw it up. And usually those fall. And they just weren't falling, and sometimes you know they they were collapsing. Io ended up having three turnovers, so um, it it was just a hard night for him. And uh, it it's understandable that it was a hard night, but he you know he seemed like he was feeling it a lot too. Um, somebody said that at you know towards the end of the game, he was just kind of hanging his head like how, what do I do? You know, um, how do I go against this? But like you said, I feel like he was kind of trying to do too much, um, you know, in maybe not on him, but maybe on, on the coaches for not trying to change something up. But I mean, this is IO's team. So if you're going to have somebody do something, it's going to be IO and, and you got to live with it. I mean, we're going to live and die off IO. It, It is what it is. So, um, I thought that, uh, he was probably one of the better rebounders that Illinois had this game, um, between him and DeMonte, uh, I feel like IO seemed to go after every rebound. Um, he, he played hard. There's no doubt he didn't, that he wasn't playing hard. Um, 
But DeMonte, I felt like, was the only guy boxing people out. Um, and he got called for like three fouls boxing people out, which is absolutely crazy. Um, the one, it was towards the end of the game, and he was – DeMonte's literally running towards the basket, and the Baylor guy's leaning on him and falls to the ground, and they called the foul on DeMonte. Um, another one was vital uh, – but this was Georgie. Georgie was boxing him out, and Vital falls to the ground. And it's like, come on, Georgie ain't knocking that dude down. But, you yeah, know. Um, fifty. I know. But DeMonte led the team with seven fouls. Uh, he was one of two from three, made a nice open shot. feel like he needs to start shooting more. Um, I feel like he his shot's fine. I mean, he's shooting like 70% from three, 65%. They, the good thing is that, no one is going to key on DeMonte as a three-point shooter. Right, right. And they and they left him wide open on yeah. that one, the one he made. But Maybe George is a three-point specialist now. Maybe. Yeah. That big <laughs> whoa, whoa, pump the brakes. Pump I, the brakes. I wouldn't hate him. Let's, yeah. How about maybe the way to fix Kofi is for him to just knock down a three and then he'll just start feeling it. You know, they, they said he's been working on a shot. Why doesn't he pop, try popping out one time? Um but, you know, I was talking about stats, and, and the whole game, my buddies and us, you know, and you, and we're, we're talking about rebounds, and Illinois is not rebounding. Uh, the rebound differ, differential was only three. Uh, it was Illinois the offensive had, rebounds that were key. Yeah, Illinois had 35. Baylor had 38. Offensive, though, yeah, 11 for Illinois, 16 for Baylor, and Baylor had like 24 second-chance points. Um, Killed them. Yeah, but Baylor has always been a good rebounding team. That's what they do. But it's not like Illinois just got killed on the boards. It was just they gave up way too many offensive, it seemed like. So, um, like I said, they ended up trailing at half, uh, 31 to 30. Should have probably been up. Um, you know, Frazier kind of coughed up the ball, gave Baylor an easy basket, and then Io comes down and he kind of passed off the ball to – DeMonte like 24 feet away from the basket I don't know why Io just didn't go at that point but um, it is what it is uh, and then uh, quite you know we always we I feel like this is the question we always have a half is is will Underwood adjust or will he be out coached once again um, he didn't I don't know if I don't know if you call it out coach but yeah you, you look at Baylor and they, their offense never stopped moving they were setting off the ball screens. They were running some sort of motion. Um, in Illinois, it's, it's stagnant unless they're doing that weave. I don't know. Like, you know, I, I watched that or I went to that Zoom call with Gentry and he was talking about, you know, these plays they run and it didn't seem like they ran anything. <laughs> um, and, and, you know, at halftime down one, you text me, you said, IO hasn't done anything. Um, keep it PG. Uh, Kofi is sitting out most of the half, and then we were up two at the time. Might be a good sign. And I thought, absolutely, this might be a good sign. Illinois has a chance. And then, like, the 10-minute mark hit, and Baylor just took over the game. Um, and, and it was kind of just downhill from there. They kind of started pressing a little bit more. Frazier had a lazy pass to Curbelo in the middle that got picked off. Um, and Illinois was down four at like 1130. And, uh, and then all of a sudden Baylor was up like 13 or 14, um, within 
within two minutes. It was 65-51 at the seven-minute mark. So uh, just kind of – they just seemed to lost it, and they, they lost their assignments, um, you know, their defensive assignments. When Baylor was coming down, Georgie's going out to, to guard the guard when Curbelo's standing there right next to him. Um, and, and I feel like I feel like Trent doesn't doesn't close out quick enough. I feel like he can be quicker on the three to close out. I'm not saying that it, that it's bad. I mean his hands up there, but kind of giving him open shots and and the the long rebounds. They talked about it all again. The long rebounds Baylor would get, you know, the offensive boards that they kicked out for three. Um, you know, Illinois just kept doing that. But you know, we talked about. Uh, talked about kind of how Illinois' offense was towards the end. And, you know, there's three three minutes and 50 seconds left. Kofi gets an and one. Illinois goes down nine. So they're only down nine at that point. Still a chance, you know. And Illinois comes down the court the next time, and Io's just standing there with the ball. And it let 10, 15 seconds run off the clock. And then, you know, just, all he did was take it to the hoop. Um, <laughs> it was just – it was weird. Um, you know what it felt like? It felt like a rec league team on offense just standing there, nobody moving. Pretty much what I do offensively yeah. is just yeah. stand there. Yeah. And one of my buddies calls it hero that. ball. I um, can't believe that. You know, you're letting, trying to let one guy do everything, um, drive and dish something. I mean, when Io has three guys on him, he, he needs to understand that there's two guys open a little bit more. Um, but, Again, it's Io. It's his team. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna hate on him for having a rough night because it was Baylor, and Baylor's a really, really good. So um, Mitchell ended up hitting a three to make it 80 to 67 with like a minute left, and he was four for four at that point. And so it was just kind of the nail in the coffin. So um, after the game. Underwood said, "It's a frustrating night. Not going to win many games when Io and Adams are shot what they shot, and Trent turns the ball over like that. Kind of what we've been saying this whole time. Um, yeah, well, you're not going to win a lot of games doing that. So, yeah, would they have shot the way that they shot if Illinois, you know, changed up their offense rather than just yeah, stand? But I mean, Miller had good looks. They just weren't going in. I mean, why didn't say, they get say out he normal. makes half of those and Illinois yeah. gets? Yeah." Yeah, and I know that's a big thing on you. You wanted them to transition buckets. Io scored five of his points in like 15 seconds off of an easy lane in transition and a three in transition. Right. Nobody, I don't think there's any team in the country that has the combination of talent and the ability to get out and run in transition and score like this team. Sure. I don't think anybody can defend and that. I, and, and I think no they all better. run. That's run. the thing is Kofi runs, Georgie runs. I mean, they're, they're conditioned to run. And, yeah, but, but I mean, Baylor's slow. You know, they started running that, you know, yeah. three-quarter press. And I Even don't know. Even, like, the it beginning of the second half and the first half, they weren't doing that. So, right. you could understand why I wanted to throw the remote at the TV when every time they got a <laughs> rebound and then just walked it down the court. Sure, sure. I don't like that. Got to get out understand. and run. Nobody can do it with you. You're going to get easy transition buckets. You're going to get open looks from Miller and Io and Trent DeMonte. Mm -hmm. Kofi can run the floor like you said. He's probably one of the best big men with his size to be able to run the floor like that. Yeah. And they don't use it. And that's probably when he's best, when he's running at the hoop and 
you know, people got to try standing in his way. It's not when it, it's definitely not when his back's to the basket and he's posting up. Um, you never know what's going to happen once he gets the ball. So, but um, I mean, the thing about this is uh, this is great for Illinois to play this game. Um, you know, this isn't, this isn't the end of the world. Illini Twitter. It's not the end of the world. Um, let's just pump the brakes a little bit, understand where we're at. Um, and, and uh, Baylor's defense, we've been talking about it, talking about it. Uh, Brad Sturdy, who is, who reports for rivals.com. Um, he's at Sturdy 32. Uh, it was funny because I took a screenshot and then you immediately sent me this tweet. Um, he had a friend message him about Baylor's defense and uh and it, he just – this this was against NBA talent, basically. Uh, Halliburton went 2 of 12 with 6 points. He was an NBA lottery pick. Josh Green went 3 of 9 with 8 points, first-rounder. Nico Mannion, 3 of 14 for 15 points, second-rounder. Desmond Bain, 5 of 14 for 14 points, first-rounder. And hit me with that name. Something Rams. Gavi Jameis. Jameis uh, Ramsey, uh, five of 13 for 13 points. He was a second rounder. So IO being, you know, 18 points and what was this in line? Six of 18. I you mean, can add to the list. IO to sumo. Exactly. Six of 18, 18 points. Second first rounder. rounder. Whoa. That's where he's at right now. Okay. Yeah. He's what are, is he 30th right now? I think in the latest. I bet after that okay. game, with the way people overreact, it'll probably be like 45th or something. Sure, sure. Um, and, and Underwood, after the game, uh, said, uh, I owe better get used to that, but not many teams have the firepower to do what they, as in Baylor, did against him. And he's absolutely correct. He's never he's not going to face a team this defensively good, um, probably until the tournament when they meet Baylor, you know, in the Final Four or whatever it is, so. Well, shout out to Baylor uh, Twitter account. Yeah. Liking our tweet. Too. Liked our tweet. Thanks, Baylor. Illinois Twitter account has never done that. It <laughs> doesn't so. do that. Hmm. Um, Interesting. So, uh, and then you wanted to share this, too. Uh, Brad Sturdy also put this on Twitter. Uh, you want to talk about this? Okay. Uh, this is – I'm going to find it right here on the paper. <laughs> okay. So he says, so we like to complain about offense, but Baylor allowed four teams last season to score over 1.03. I'm assuming that is points, points per, per possession. possession. Uh, yeah. Four times in 31 games. Uh, they were two and two in those games. Illinois was at 1.045. So slightly ahead of 1.03 yeah. um, that they allowed you, the four teams. Yeah. And Baylor's won, what, 23 games in a row now going back to last year. I mean, good for them. They wouldn't have done that if the tournament happened, but uh, you know, right. That just showed that stat right there shows you that this game was closer than 13 points. Yes. Yeah. And it was, and it it was just that, I think it was a nine, one run that Baylor went on and that's, that's what it takes to win these games. I mean, in these, these games, whatever team does that, you know, in the last, you know, five, five, 10 minutes is, probably going to win um like i said illinois had a chance to get back in it um they were within nine with four minutes left so it 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 is what it is it was it was a good game and i wrote down this is nothing but an opportunity uh io is off miller basically 
wasn't there. Curbelo grew. Geo, Georgie, my boy, is back, we hope. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Um, and we kind of learned that Kofi probably isn't NBA ready um, and still needs a lot of work. Uh, I feel like and, probably is a little bit of an understatement. Yeah, probably. Be um, a little nice. Yeah. So uh, do you want to yell at hashtag line or – you just want to skip that. Eighty percent of the hashtag Illini people on Twitter who complain are people who know nothing about the team or the sport of basketball, and they are bitches. <laughs> let's not be those PG people for that part. Jeez. Whoever whoever watches us, let's not be those people. Um, if you're gonna if you're gonna complain, then don't put the hashtag Illini there because nobody exactly. knows who your Twitter is, so they're not gonna see your tweet unless you put hashtag Illini. Exactly. I'll so, say what Curbelo said, and then you can yeah, do I'll the, take care of my dogs. <laughs> um, Curbelo says this. This is an exact quote from his Instagram. In a war with, as the kids say, hella wounds, and yet they still find something. I'll help them there. Wrong to say. Unsurprising. That's pretty much the definition of Illini fan Twitter, which you know. Not calling everybody out. I think most of the Illini fans are good. I think a lot of people that I follow on Twitter and the podcast account follows on Twitter are good and know something about the team. But as Curbelo said, he pretty much described Illini fans, for the most part, on social media, uh, the ones that overreact pretty perfectly. Yeah. Um, and, and I don't know if this was just about him. I don't know if it was about, you know, the rest of the team, uh, whatever it was. Negative about him after that game because he was right. – Spark plug. Right. Um, I did see that uh, somebody shared it on Twitter and uh, Frazier's dad liked it and said something. So I'm sure people were all over Frazier too for his turnovers. Like I said, you know, mate, you make mistakes, we move on. Uh, it was a good building experience. Um, I did write this down. Ryan Evan on Twitter, I think, summed it up pretty well. We've had Ryan on the show. Um, he usually retweets our live shows, so we appreciate you. Um, but this is what he said on Twitter. This line I team won 12 games two years ago. Now they're a top five team who lost to lost in the final 10 minutes to a legit top two Baylor team. This team has many young pieces who will get better. It's okay to take steps to be great in March. Relax. <laughs> um, just thought that was really good um, from him. That's kind of how I feel. I know that's probably how you feel. Um, and then I got one more quote from Underwood before we finish up the Baylor stuff. Um, he said, the more I watch the film from the Baylor game, the more I get excited about our team because of where Baylor is at. So um, Underwood understands how good <laughs> Baylor is. But um, so I think that it'd be good that Illini Nation realizes how good Baylor is too. No, it wouldn't. I think we should just complain and talk about how much this team sucks and <laughs> what have they done to earn a top 10 ranking. Uh-huh. Here's what they've done. They won 21 games last year. They would have been a 5, 6, or 7 seed. They have one of the best players in the country. They have another returning player who's a Big Ten freshman of the year. They have a all-Big Ten freshman player in Adam Miller. Uh, you know, I can go on. They have depth. Uh, they yeah. won 21 games, like I said. And Iowa's number three for, like, the exact same reasons, except they have the runner-up National Player of the Year coming Mm -hmm. back, who's also one of the best players in the country. So what do you want them to base the top 25 off of? You want them to base it off of what last year was, which would make no sense, or the players on the teams and how they performed last year. So 
I saw a lot of people saying, what has Illinois done to deserve this ranking? Like, what are you, what are you talking about? I mean, come on. Yeah. I mean, it's early. Rankings honestly don't mean anything they right don't. now anyway. So, um, but uh, in other great Illini basketball news, uh, Big Mac Etienne, who we have been talking about, it seems like a year and a half now. Well, I don't really know if we've been doing shows that long, but um, yeah, chooses man. UCLA, which comes as quite a shock, quite a blow. Um, class of 21 is in rough shape right now. I don't know what their plans are, if they got other guys they're going to be looking at. Um, but this one kind of, I think it took everybody by surprise. Um, all the guys that follow recruiting, um, you know, I, I, I sent it to my buddies and they said, uh, champagne needs better weather. Um, I don't know. I mean, if I had UCLA go to California playing champagne, I get it. But, uh, I, I, that's, it, it's rough. Um, so it, we're probably not ever going to talk about recruits again on this show because, uh, this year's kind of been terrible. Um, and every time we talk about somebody, get hyped about somebody, Illinois loses out. So, Adam Miller came here. That's true. Adam Miller did come here, but then we kind of already know he committed. He just hadn't signed. Well, we were talking about him. Though, so. <laughs> it's yeah. true. Um, uh, Word is that the NCAA is going to pass the one-time transfer rule, um, so players will be immediate, immediately eligible for the first time they transfer, which could be huge for the class next year. Um, get some guys out of the transfer transfer per, portal, especially if Illinois is really good this year, and you know make a deep run like we think they should. Um, that that could help pick up some guys out of there. Um, and then there has been talk about Frazier and Demonte could come back. I'm not sure about this. Um, a lot of people have talked about it. We've seen tweets about it. Um, I could have swore that we talked about it in our podcast. Um, I, I went back and listened to like six of them, seven of them, and we never did. I think that I sent you a message about it. I think I texted you about it. Um, and, and we kind of read it and looked at it, and then we're like, ah, I don't think it counts. And, yeah, maybe it does. So, I don't know. We might be able to see Frazier and DeMonte back next year. So every writer, everyone that covers the, everybody says it, right. They make it seem like they will be back. I don't know why they wouldn't. I I need to find that message, the messages that we had about that, because the way it read, it was just worded weird. Um, So we'll have to check that back out. As DeMonte or Frazier acted like this is their last year. I don't. Yeah. Frazier did. I don't understand it. I'm pretty sure Frazier put out a tweet about, the last maybe he forgot about the rule i don't know maybe he'll want to leave maybe he'll transfer yeah transfer to like depaul or memphis i know i follow him where the heck's he at Devontae should come back he's got a lot of fake accounts Locked. I don't. I bet know. I could find it way faster. He probably blocked you. Probably, probably because you were talking crap about him on the on the podcast. He said, "Let's rock oh, on the twenty fourth." What else did he say? I thought he just said, "Really?" Hmm. Okay. 
Yeah, so nice try. You're trying to bait him into leaving. Uh, year four, last dance, October 9th. Let me go get my dogs. You go ahead and talk last, about whatever you want. He's talking about the Michael Jordan thing, obviously. Um, let's see if there's any articles about this. I want to find out if there's any articles about this. For year five. Yeah, it says year four, last dance, and it's a picture of him and DeMonte. So, I don't know. I'm trying to find out if anyone's written an article about uh, this deal. I, 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 like I said, I need to find. I sent you a screenshot. Can you go back and messages that far? I have no idea. <laughs> well, there's a tab where you can look at all the pictures that we see. Seen. All. Yeah, I'll see if I can find it, but. Uh, you want to talk about the Big Ten? I'll see if I can find this. Real yeah. Um, this article from September says DeMonte and Frazier's final college season, but I don't understand the whole thing. Other people think that it's one way and others think it's the other way. It's a whole, whole deal. Um, right. It's very confusing. The first four games for the Big Ten for the Illini, they've released the times and TV networks that these will be on. So on uh, December 15th, which is 11 days from now, they will play Minnesota at the State Farm Center uh, at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time on ESPN2. Uh, then they play Rutgers on the, sat on the Sunday, the 20th, at noon Central on ESPN2 as well. Then on the 23rd, they play Penn State at 5.30 Central on a Wednesday on Big Ten Network. And then on Saturday, the 26th, the day after Christmas, because there is Christmas games in the Big Ten. Um, Illinois is not one of them, but they play the day after the Saturday at 3 Central on FS1 against Indiana. So, you know, you got two home games and then two road games to start the Big Ten season. I'm sure they'll release more of the times and networks. So you're going to be on ESPN2 twice. Big Ten Network, then FS1, and then the two games coming up that we'll talk about here. Uh, Duke, that'll, that game will be on ESPN, and then the Missouri game is going to be on SEC Network for some reason, which is just ridiculous, but I guess they can't change it now. So um, let's get into tomorrow's deal, which is that they were supposed to play the University of Tennessee Martin positive test for the Skyhawks, I believe is their name, uh, and they will not be able to play. Um, so we knew things like this would happen <laughs> as, uh, my boy, John Rothstein, even though you put Joe Rothstein for some reason, I, um, I just like messing up his name every time says 2021 <laughs> or 2020, 21 scheduling is wilder than a goat rodeo. I've heard that a thousand times. We know I that hear it's contagious. What's he say? What, what thing does he also say? It, it, it catches. Spreads? It spreads. God, you not paying attention. You, to me? I, don't uh, <laughs> I don't know. May, hopefully, you can put a hashtag it spreads on this, and it'll retweet us. So, no game before Duke, but word is practices have been intense since the Baylor game, with an emphasis on defensive intensity and blown assignments. Now, let me just ask you this: Was that on Thursday? They practiced the day after because I know they were off today. I don't know. Just heard that. Hmm, word, word on the streets yeah um, uh, yeah which i i mean yeah their defense wasn't spectacular but they had they were good for offense. the first half 
and the most of the, the beginning of the second half, they were very good defensively. Yeah. But I mean, they gave up 51 in the second half. They got right? overwhelmed. 50 oh, something. 50, yeah, 51. Yeah, 31 plus 51 is uh, 82. Nice try. Um, Underwood says they will try to schedule an extra Big Ten game, preferably with one of their single plays, which is Iowa or Michigan State, possibly. Yeah. I think that's probably what's going to happen. They're going to play Iowa twice or Michigan State twice. So they're going to get an extra Big Ten Those game. Those are the games you so want. You got six non-conference as long as the Duke and Missouri games happen. And then you're going to have – you already have 20 Big Ten games scheduled. You're going to have 21 scheduled yeah. uh, after that. So well, that's, I mean, that's 100 times better than playing UT Martin sometime down the road. So Yes, but a free win. happy with that. Cool. I mean, nothing wrong with the free wins. I don't think free wins are going to matter as much this year. Haven't they been no, saying they it's all about the eye test this year? Well, if we're looking at the eye test, then it's Gonzaga, Gonzaga versus Baylor and the championship. And, and everybody else. <laughs> right. And then if you if, Absolutely. okay, but how much how are the how do you think they'll weigh the eye test versus the competition in ter- like I feel like Iowa's looked really good to start the season, right? Who have yeah. they played? Northern or uh, North Nobody. Carolina Central or whatever. Then they play right. Western Illinois and then some other garbage. But school. the Big Ten's going to be what they're. Yeah, I'm just at. saying it's like not going to be these, these games. Didn't, didn't you say that like the the statistics on like the first couple of Illinois games stopped like ten minutes in or something because it was so far away? Or did I read that somewhere? Did I say that? I don't think I said that. <laughs> Must have read it somewhere. Um. So, anyways, we'll get into the Illinois Duke game. That'll be Tuesday uh, at eight thirty Central, so another later game. Why is why Illinois got to play all these late games? Well, usually the ACC Big Ten Challenge, the big time game, is like the eight o'clock window. Yeah. Wasn't wasn't the UT Martin game supposed to be at like eight o'clock? Yeah, it was supposed to be eight, yeah. <laughs> but uh, you know, anyways, and the Missouri game's at seven, so that's pretty late too. Uh, that's this, normal. This well. Seven usually six is what Illinois used to play because it's like the six o'clock game or the five o'clock game or five thirty is get it out of the way. I think they played cares. it at eleven last year, so yeah, and that was a great experience. Yeah, very nice. Um, was fun. Underwood's really killed it against Missouri. Uh, second heavyweight battle of the season for the Illini, uh, though Duke does not have the defense that Baylor has, which I don't really think anybody does. Not even close. I mean, West Virginia is a team that's known as being good defensively and. Gonzaga dropped 87 on him. So, right. Um, let's look at Duke and their players. I mean, they're a typical Duke team. They don't have that much experience. And I think they have less experience now in terms of the guys that play than they've had in the past. I mean, Goldwire is a guy that's been there a couple of years and he's played. He doesn't produce very much, but they don't have Trey Jones or Tyus Jones. The guards used to run the show. They don't have that go- those guys anymore. But uh, they got some stud freshmen. Jalen Johnson, a five star. Already averaging 15 points and 11 rebounds. I think Duke is one and one because they beat Coppin State by 10. And, then yeah, and that was a close lost game. To Michigan State. It was pretty close. Duke has had some struggles to start the season, as has Kentucky, as has Kansas. So mm-hmm. those blue blood programs and North Carolina as well, the four main ones really yeah. have struggled a little bit to start the year, which typically they do because, you know, freshmen, I think the biggest thing in college basketball when you look at it is experience trumps talent in the first couple months of the season most of the time. You look at Richmond, they're an experienced team. They beat Kentucky. So I think that's a big factor here mm-hmm. as well. And Illinois is a chance. Illinois is a much more experienced team in the starting five than Duke is. Now sure. Duke's had guys that have played in the tournament before, I guess. But, uh, you know, um, 
he's shooting 62% from the field, six foot nine forward. Who do you think is going to guard him? I mean, they have two guys in the starting lineup that are six nine forwards that are their leading scorers, Jalen Johnson and Matthew Hurt. Matthew Hurt's averaging 16 and 10. He's been a little less efficient shooting around 40%, but that's two six nine forwards. How are you going to play that matchup? That's tough. That's going to be a big factor. Uh, that is, that's a good question. Um, I would I, – I don't know. Zone? You can't put DeMonte on him. Yeah, he can run his own. I mean, Kofi no. wouldn't be able to handle him. Yeah, I think they're both guys that can shoot the ball too. Yeah. And Kofi can't handle that. Uh, maybe Hawkins is going to see some time. I mean, I mean maybe Io – does some of it. That's why I, I was Switches. thinking. I, uh, he's the he's got the most length of the guards that start, and Miller's strong enough to handle someone that's a little short. I mean, six nine. You know they don't have anybody that's that can do that. Uh, maybe Grandison gets some minutes defensively. Yeah, Grandison. Speaking of Grandison, I think he played two minutes this, the last game. So I don't know what happened didn't there. Bosman's Bosman's Verdonk, your boy, didn't he dress? He dressed. Yes, he did. Maybe so, he'll get some minutes. I don't know. They got a lot of options. It's just, do you trust any of them that much? Right. No. Right. Especially um, defensively, no. Yeah, because you look at Hawkins and Grandison in this Baylor game, they only had seven combined minutes. So, which I don't, I don't think they ever did anything wrong in the game that justified that. But maybe they were a step slow on defense. I didn't see it, but I don't know. Yeah. Um, you have another Chicago, Illinois freshman. Five-star DJ Stewart, um, who's really good, averaging 15 mm-hmm. points through a couple of games. I'm assuming he'll be matched up with DeMonte or Trent, one of the two. Probably yeah. DeMonte, I would think. Um, it could be Trent, though. You know, he's really good. Uh, he's another freshman, though. You know, freshmen, they have some issues early in the season. A lot of times, whether they're this good or not, I mean, there's very few freshmen that are five-star guys or four-star guys that come in and light it up night in night out and uh you know duke's had some problems in terms of uh you know being able to play experienced teams successfully michigan state isn't even that experienced i mean they are but they're not like richmond or gonzaga experienced and michigan state beat them up heavily uh that game was a lot closer than it actually was um and then you look at uh you look at their offensive uh, proximity stat, which is very important. Everybody cares about that one. Uh, you know, that's a, when I go to a proximity. stat, that's what I usually go to. So what that means, them being ninth, basically means that they are able to create a lot of space and get open shots. So they have the best amount of proximity between the defender and the player when they're shooting so you, the ball. So you can't miss assignments and exactly. not close out on people. Yes. I also forgot this part. Uh, their their Haslametrics, Haslametrics.com, shout out. Uh, um, they're eighth overall in the country as of last night in uh, terms of being overall in the rankings. I used too many words. I think Illinois is like 23rd or something. They're not very high on there yet. Uh, Duke is 12th in offensive efficiency, 10th in defensive efficiency, and 10th in field goal percentage. So they're one and one. Pretty good numbers, but I mean, they haven't. They played Coppin State. I'm sure a lot of the stats in that game help, even though it was kind of a close game. They, they probably got doubt. to hold out, right? Because I don't think they, there was any doubt that Duke was going to lose that maybe, game. Maybe that was their plan to keep it close so the hassle metrics looked better. That could be what uh, Coach K was drawing up on the uh, on the big board. Hey, definitely. he's a lot smarter than a lot of coaches. I'm just saying. 
Interesting. So overall, like we mentioned, Duke has a very talented and inexperienced team that hasn't or that that hasn't been off to a hot start. Either way, though, this is a tough game. This is a team it's with a great a coach, a uh, very talented team. I mean, you got to make it. You, uh, Illinois has to find a way to be physical and get away with it and get in transition. Duke has a lot of talent at guard, not as much talent, not even close to as much talent as Baylor has at guard, but you can run the floor on these guys. Mm-hmm. Matthew Hurt, 6'9", he's not going to be able to run the floor with I.O. or any of those guys. And, you know, that's just a big thing. I want to look up Duke's rotation so I can kind of get an idea of how they start their lineup because I want to see what kind of size they have in their lineup. So uh, go ahead and say something uh, Say something cool for the audience. Say something cool. Um, yeah, I, I mean – it's going to be a lot different going to Duke and they're not being fans. I think that that's definitely going to help Illinois. Um, you look at like the Baylor game and uh, the Ohio game and it's a lot of, it's a lot of bench um, that's bringing the, you know, excitement stuff. I mean, Baylor's bench was off the wall. Um, I, I think they almost got a warning. So, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it, it's going to be a different, place to play um and you know they they've played two home games so far and they've been taken to the wire and he got a and lost one and then Coppin State you know was close a lot closer than it probably should have been and you got to think that no fans in the state in the in Cameron is part of that so. so Duke's game on uh Sunday against Elon was postponed but they will play Bellarmine or Bellarmine or however tonight? you want to say that tonight at six. Uh, so they'll have one game before they play Illinois. Um, and that's how Illinois isn't going to have that prepper game. I don't, I don't know if that matters. I don't think it does. Uh, um, kind of that bounce back game after getting beat by Baylor, but maybe that'll, maybe they'll have more intensity going in because they just came off a loss too. Yeah. I don't know. So, looking at Duke's starting lineup, they go with uh, Jalen Johnson, who's six nine freshman. Like I said, they have Wendell Moore Jr., who's a six five sophomore. They have Matthew Hurt, who's another six nine player. They have DJ Stewart, who's only like six two, I think. And they have uh, Jeremy Roach, a six one freshman. So their guards are small. Their forwards six five, six nine, six nine. So. You know, I think I like Illinois' matchups a lot defensively with the guard position. Now, I know Stewart is as good as he was, but think about this. In the Michigan State game, really the game that you want to look at with Duke, the one good team they've played so far, DJ Stewart, 0 of 7 from the field, 0 of 3 from three-point range. He had six points, and all of them were at the free-throw line. So I like Illinois' matchups uh, in terms of defensively against these guards. Now, you got to think about this. Their two biggest guys are both six nine. Kofi's got to go up against one of them, right? I just that's tough. Yeah, I was just trying to see how big they were. They're both six nine, about two twenty. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you're gonna have to put. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how much time Kofi gets. I mean, he's not gonna be a. You know, maybe they do run his own. Both but. of those guys can. Uh, can can knock it down too. From yeah, three. yeah. So I, I guess it depends how they want to attack it. But yeah, in having Michigan, Kofi in there in that Michigan State game, Duke shot horribly. I mean, they were thirty-two percent from the field, twenty-one percent from three. 
Um, Wendell Moore Jr., who's another starter that I mentioned, a 6'5 forward, he went 0 for 9 from the field, no of 6 from 3. So they had two guys that didn't make a shot in their starting lineup. But uh, they're good from the line. They shot 80%, 24 of 30 from the line. So don't foul. And they get there a lot, huh? Especially Cameron Indoor. Um, <laughs> so Hurt, Matthew Hurt was really well, – I mean, fans, but we got three refs. Yeah, Matthew Hurt was uh, <laughs> really the only one that showed up for them. He had 21 points and 13 rebounds in that game against Michigan State. So, you know, I like a lot of the matchups defensively, but a little bit worried about Kofi guarding someone who's likely faster than him and can step outside and shoot it. Right. Other people yeah. that he would go up against. Uh, that being said, predictions, I'll let you go first. What do you got? Um, I, I had Illinois winning this game um, in my thing. I'm going to try to stick with that kind of through the season, but we'll see how it goes down the road. Um, I got Illinois winning this 85 to 78. Um, I don't think that Duke's defense is even in the same ballpark as Baylor's. I think Illinois is going to get some more points up. They're going to come out hungry and they're going to put up a bunch. So I got a seven point win. Go Illini. Yeah. I'll also have the Illini winning 72 to 68, four point game. Um, I think, uh, Free throws are going to make a big difference in this game. Illinois has got to make theirs. No stupid mistakes defensively. Don't run a stupid offense where you're just standing there for 25 (laughs) seconds. Right. Um, And I'm assuming it's going to feel like a different – I mean, Duke's defense is still pretty good, right? I mean, they're still solid and as good as you'd expect Coach K's team to be defensively. But it's going to feel a little different because they're going to get a lot better looks in this game. Sure. The looks that they got – against Baylor were not good. And that was mostly Baylor's defense. The other part of it, though, was the offense just being embarrassingly bad and run poorly. But um, how often do you want Io manning the point in these games? Um, This game, I don't know if it's going to matter as much. Um, He's not going to be up against a big physical guard. I just I do just I would like to see IO come off some some you know off the ball screens uh run the baseline a little bit it, they just don't ever seem to run that and they don't run it for anything they don't run it for Miller they don't run it for Trent um it it'd be nice to see Kofi put a body on somebody as they're trying to run through the line you know show them that they're there that he's there um but I, I don't know. This will be a game where we'll – I think that we're getting to the point where do, does Curbelo come in and start being a point guard for this team? Um, you know, got a little taste of it with Baylor. Um, I, I think that you have to move in that direction somewhat um, before we start getting into Big Ten games. So, uh, we'll see. I don't – it'd be interesting. What do you think – who do you think is going to match up with Io? I mean, I'm thinking like, you know, it might be Wendell Moore Jr. because they're like the same size and yeah. uh, you can keep up with them. But I'm hoping they have Jalen Johnson or Matthew Hurt on Io. That would just fly by every time. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't, I don't see that happening. But well, you know, these teams uh, in terms of starting lineups and size wise, you size them up. You know, Illinois has a couple of guards that are. Good size. What's Adam Miller like? Six, three ish, six four, whatever. And Io's six five. You got Trent at six two, which I don't know if I buy that. Demonte around the same. 
Um, and then you got Kofi, seven-footer. And then you got a lot of guys off the bench. I mean, they got a lot of different combinations off the bench as well. And I think Curbelo is going to be a big part of this game in terms of energy coming off the bench, getting the guys going. Um, I think we will see more often, uh, even if Kofi's not in as much foul trouble as he's been in, at least as he was in the Baylor game, I think we'll see Georgie out there a lot in this game. I think a lineup with Curbelo and Io and Miller and uh, Georgie and then whoever else you want to throw in there would work in this yeah. game more often than the others. Uh, so I don't know. I think they'll win. I don't know if they if they lose this game. Get ready for the overreactions. Yeah. Well, and it'll be interesting to see how Illinois plays against a team that doesn't have a true center um, with Kofi. You know. Um, well, I mean Baylor didn't how they really have that. But they had they didn't have guys that went out and shot the ball. I mean, yeah, I guess. whatever his face is. Uh, <laughs> right. Uh, oh, what, what was his name? Chekawagush. I can't even say it. <laughs> you know who I'm talking about. Yeah. Transfer from UNLV. Yeah. So. All right. So what's next is this. Episode 37, I'm assuming. I just wrote this down. I'm assuming we'll just do it next Friday, uh, December 11th, with a preview of the Illini's Bragging Rights Showdown with Missouri. And then the, we'll also preview their first game against Minnesota, plus reviewing the Duke game. Um, and hopefully – Duke and Illinois play a nice cool game that Illinois wins. <laughs> Hopefully it happens. That's the first step, I <laughs> that's suppose. A, that's, a, that's where we're at now. We, I mean, I, I feel like the bigger programs are going to have this under control a lot better. Most of them do. I mean, you look at the, the ones that have ones, had so. issues. Baylor had an early issue. They've, yeah, but there hasn't been. But Baylor, Nobody I mean, it was coach. Yeah. Um, but teams were afraid, so they they Baylor left Mohegan Sun. They were going to play those games. Right, right. Can you imagine how good Baylor would be if, against Illinois if they had the actual <laughs> good two games? They oh were supposed God. to. Yeah. They played Washington and whoever the other team was and just mm-hmm. killed them. So there you go. Uh, and then watch party action will come on December 12th at 7. I think we'll start that around 6.40, kind of pregame action and uh, watch pregame live. And uh, right, exactly. Uh, might be, shave Ethan's mustache off over. Well, that's four game. It might, it'll be gone by then, I think. Uh, <laughs> Twitter, YouTube, and Facebook will be live on all of those. You can join us there. I'll do some more advertising for it this week uh, as we get closer to it on the twelfth. Remember, we can't show the game on the screen, so don't be an idiot and think that we can. You need to stop uh, calling them idiots. Well, I think the people that would think that are usually <laughs> trolls that are in every YouTube chat that does something like this. So. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and uh, yeah, we'll see you uh, next Friday for the episode 37. Hopefully, Illinois wins against Duke, and then the whole thing Saturday and the whole big deal, you know, the whatever. Uh, all right, yeah, that'll do deal. it, and we'll see you next, uh, next Friday.